Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase Podcast. Before we start this episode, we're going to again take a little time to thank a little bit of the people who helped make this show possible. First up is 2.0 Gear. Uh, it's a new brand that we just started partnering with. Uh, they make awesome uh, high-end technical uh, hunting clothes, camo. Um, and so they're based in Michigan yep. and a uh, new company. We've tested them for months. I tested them uh, in the whitetail season last year. Great Merino base layers. Yep. Great awesome Merino shells. Yep. Awesome a, new pattern. A great system for going out west, but we'll use it a ton in the, in the whitetail woods too. So really excited to work with them. 2ogear.com. Go check them out. Next up is Worldwide Trophy Adventures. Uh, it's it's an awesome, uh, basically, connection to outfitters all over the world. So as a lot of people know, good hunting ground is really hard to come by. And um, oftentimes, the best way to ensure that you're going to get in a good spot or you may, maybe you need to legally have a guide is to, to go through an outfitter. Mm -hmm. um, and so... As you might know, if you've heard us before, we've had good experiences and bad experiences with outfitters, uh, which means, you know, in order to ensure you're going to have a good experience, you have to do a ton of research. You have to talk to people. It's just a lot of messing around. Worldwide Trophy Adventures, or WTA, does a lot of this work for you at no charge. So by booking your trip through WTA, you can rest assured that you'll be in a good location with a reputable outfitter um, that they've certified and endorsed. If you're looking to book a trip of a lifetime like I am, mm -hmm. uh, just headed to a moose hunt here through WTA, you're going to want to check them out. Uh, go give them a call. Actually, I have the number right here. It's 1-800-346-8747 or check out their website at worldwidetrophyadventures.com. All right, so we love Trophy Line. They offer more than just saddles. Believe it or not, they have their own climbing sticks. They've got platforms. They've got a ton of extra packs. Gear. They've got packs. They've got everything. Knee pads. Everything that you're going to need to be a saddle hunter, they have it. So if you want to start saddle hunting this year and get into the game like everyone else and really love hunting even more, go to Trophy Line. Check it out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on that purchase. We're big bow hunters. Uh, sights, quivers, stabilizers, those kind of things are really important if you're going to have a deadly setup. Um, and so we've tried a lot of different companies in the industry and we've kind of figured out that we really like Redline gear the best. So, um, we are shooting their torch sites this yeah, year. It's Joe a, Shore, it's a really cool, one. really cool site. Very, there's a lot of good micro adjustments you can make. You mm -hmm. can customize a lot of the stuff on there really make it your own. The chargeable USB rechargeable yeah, light is really sweet. Cool. Um, and so we're huge fans of their stuff. We use them all the time. It's worth going to check them out. Uh, check out Redline. Use the promo code TFC10 for 10% off your purchase. And uh, let us know what you think. We love them. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Uh, joined by, I don't know, you probably get this a lot, but you're joined by the biggest guest I've ever had uh, on this podcast. Uh, usually I'm the physically intimidating one at 5'10", uh, you know, 160 pounds, but... <laughs> I think you take the cake, Derek. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. So, uh, for people who don't know, uh, this is Derek Wolf. Uh, well, I'll let you. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm not going to introduce you. You, you do it. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's Derek Wolf. Um, I played uh, ten years in the NFL, eight years with the Broncos, two years with the Ravens. Um, I've been bow hunting since I was um, thirteen. Like, well, I killed my first deer at thirteen. Bow hunted. A Obviously, it takes a couple of years for you to get your first kill, but yeah, um, I killed my first deer with a bow at, at 13 years old, and I was I was in love with it ever since then. But um, now I won a Super Bowl in Denver, and then um, retired in 2021, and jumped right into the and, and like just that. My next dream was to be 
to be able to chase, you know, big game and um, whitetail is my favorite, but um, you know, I just always dreamed about hunting, you know, big game out West. So I just jumped full bore into that. And, uh, and then <laughs> that kind of led into this, I met a, I met a guy and he took me on a, on a lion hunt. He was just a friend, you know, he took me on a mountain lion hunt. I didn't know if we'd even see one, you know, and turns out this thing was a, you know, the, the way we had to get to him sucked, you know, it was yeah. like really difficult. It was really like challenging hunt, um, to get to him. Uh, then when I finally got to him, I made a good shot. And then, um, I didn't even really want to take a picture with that thing, but he was like, it's a huge lion. You got to take a picture with it. And I was like, all right, fine. I was like, just get me off this mountain, you know, and I took a picture with it and um, had my wife clean up the blood in the picture, and then we posted it, and <laughs> that just turned into this whole, you know, this, I mean, it blew up, you know, and ever since then, yeah. it's just kind of, yeah, which was, it's great, you know, because it was, it gave me a platform to kind of bring awareness to this situation, you know, because if you're not aware right now, they're trying to propose a banning mountain lion and, and bobcat hunting here in Colorado. Yep which is silly. So uh, yeah. I'll actually, if you're in the Denver area on December 6th, that, that evening at uh, mission ball, I think it's at mission ballroom. I'll be with um, um, Steve Ranella and we're going to be talking about some of those things. So um, it's like a live show. So, Oh, but cool. yeah, that, yeah I mean, that's, that's kind that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, the short, the short gist of, of who I am, I guess, you know, I played football for a long time and, um, got to hunt every now and then during those periods, but obviously your fall is pretty much engulfed right. in, in football from, I, I really had to like, I couldn't really do it full time until I got to Baltimore. Right. So when I got to Baltimore, right. it was COVID. It was COVID. So I rented a, the place that I rented was on 70 acres and I had a, a nice, <laughs> nice little patch of hardwood on it. And it was yep. in, the, those hardwoods were in between a soybean field and a cornfield. So it was like, all right. Perfect. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and betting in there and Maryland stuff. Is, yeah. Maryland is super, uh, uh, I mean, it's like, it's really fun place to hunt deer. Cause you can, you can, um, you can tag three different bucks. Um, yep. you just can't do, you can do two with a bow, one with a gun or one with yeah. a bow, one with a gun, one with a muzzle loader. You just can't do all three with the same weapon. And then you get like unlimited doe tags. So it's, it, it was just like, it was awesome. And we weren't doing, um, in, in building meetings, all our meetings were virtual. So I would just put my headphones on and do our meetings from the tree stand. Oh, and I hunt from a tree saddle. So it was like, it was perfect. I would just set my phone in my bino harness yep. and have it sitting right here. So I could see what was, what they were talking and hear what they were talking about. <laughs> I, uh, I, so I, I went to, I went to law school. I studied, uh, often, uh, turkey hunting or deer hunting in the blind. Uh, so I, I definitely know how that goes. Uh, I actually, I was just hunting in British Columbia with a guy from Maryland uh, and he was showing me some of the bucks that he shoots there. I mean, way better deer than I imagined or even knew about out East. That's yeah. that looks like pretty good, a good place to hunt. Well, the, the Eastern shore, there are giants on the Eastern shore. You got yeah. in the Eastern, it's a really cool place to hunt. I think it's a sleeper state, you know, just because, you know, they grow decent bucks. Like, you know, there's a lot of one thirties, you know, one twenties, one thirties, but like you see your, um, you know, your one sixty, one seventy bucks. And then on the Eastern shore, they get 200 inch bucks on the regular. Like it's like, it's not really? good for them to kill a hundred, 180 inch buck out there. Um, big, thick, 
big thick boys like they big timber bucks too because it's real tall timber it's real flat and i would assume it's because of the minerals being off the coast you know that that's why they it's yeah it's something to do with the the salt and everything and the protein that they're getting but they're big bonnie deer and they're uh sika hunting um sika deer Uh, i don't even know how you say it really but i think um, it's do you shoot shoot whenever it's really cool i think yeah, yeah. No, yeah. never shot one, but I, but I've like, I've eaten it and it's delicious. So it's, it's, I would love to, to hunt them. That's high on my list. They're like a little elk, you know, uh, we, we had my yeah, family bugle. and I ca- camped out there. They bugle. Yeah. The roar, there's a roar, bugle, whatever. Uh, but you're, I think I saw you're originally from Ohio. Do you, you start, is that where you started yeah. hunting? Yeah. It's yeah. Northeast Ohio. So just South of Youngstown. Um, so my town is really, my town, the town that I'm from is really where, um, Pitts, uh, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio, all three meet right there. And that's where I'm from. It's like a tri-state area. So, um, it was, it was like, you got the the first day of deer season, um, for shotgun season. We always had that day off of school. So, you know, we, everybody, even if you didn't hunt regularly, you know, usually somebody went out, you know, their grandpa or their uncle or their dad, they it always go out and it'd be a, you know, it was dangerous, but it was, yeah, it was fun. It was always fun. Cause it was, you never knew where bullets were going to be. And you can't hunt with a rifle. It's all shotgun, you know, so oh, right. just slug slugs flying everywhere. But it was, it was, it was, it's a big, it's big in the culture there. Um, and then, and then now I, st- I actually uh, went back there this year and I uh, was able to get a buck, um, shot a nice buck out of the, out of the saddle on one of my buddy's properties. It was pretty cool. So, and there's a lot of public yeah, that, land too, so it, it's it's a good it's a good spot. You know, there's big deer there. Um, if you and that's the thing with whitetail, you know, either you get lucky or you put the time in. You know, if you want to, yeah. if you want to be able to kill a big buck, a you know, big whitetail. You know, it's it's like a waiting game with those things. If you want to target one, and um, unfortunately, I've never I haven't had the opportunity. I I haven't had the opportunity to like put that kind of time in there where I can yeah. go spend, you know, a whole month the whole month of November hunting one deer or the whole season hunting one deer it's usually like i'm in and out so that's the uh that's kind of the downside to that but um yeah it's 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 a target rich environment for sure there's a lot of deer and a lot of big deer um a lot of 200 inch bucks get killed in that area so it's really cool yeah cool tradition cool tradition there too i mean we have this very similar in michigan here uh like school off uh opening day growing up you know everybody and their uncle and their grandpa and dad and everything head up for us. We, you head up North to deer camp and you know, you hunt and everything else. So that's cool. Yeah, and, and it's, yeah. And, you, and it's like, it's Turkey and whitetail, right? It's like you get Turkey yeah. and whitetail. Those are like my two, if I, if I can only hunt two animals, you know, for the rest of my life, <sighs> those are the two that I would choose. You know, ter- I, I love it. They both eat really good and they're both fun to yeah. hunt. And, uh, especially with white, the hard part about, you know, big game out here out West it, you know, I explain this to my wife all the time. She's like, well, why can't you just do it now? And I'm like, cause it's not in season. You know, you don't, right. The deer season, the deer season in Ohio, you know, it, for whitetail usually is open from September. Sometime in September it opens and it's open all the way through January. You know, that's like, yep. so you get that the whole season to hunt, hunt these things. And unfortunately you get a small window here, you know, especially bow hunting um, in Colorado or, New Mexico or Montana, it's a small window with these, with these yeah. really big games. So, you know, it's just the way you it know, goes. I, 
I like that about, I definitely appreciate that about, about hunting here. You, you mentioned like spending a lot of time or get lucky. Like I, I actually bank on both. I try to spend a lot of time and get lucky because that's kind of the, the extra help I need. But I mean, we, we've got a similar, our seasons, October to uh, January one. Um, and so, I mean, that's, that's a long time to either be bow hunting or for us, it's like, there's a line across the state. So below it, you can, uh, you have to shotgun above it. It's, it's rifle. Um, so very, that's very cool. Um, yeah. And like, we kind of had messaged back and forth when you were posting about some saddle hunting stuff with trophy line had, had kind of followed you there, but you know, uh, and we, we've been following ever since, but you, you bring up the cat hunt and that's, you know, that's been kind of a, a huge thing. I mean, before we get into the backlash and everything else, um, tell me like about that hunt, you mentioned going up, you know, 9,000 feet after this cat, uh, tell me about how it came to be and, and like, tell that story. Yeah. So like I said, it was just, a you know, I, I did, I, you have to take a test, um, to get the tag. So I took the test, got the tag. Um, and then my buddy was like, Hey, you know, we got a fresh snow coming. You want to come, you want to come out and, and try to cut some tracks. I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know? Cause I'd never yeah. done it before. It's like brand new to me. I'm like, yeah, it sounds like a good, idea. it sounds fun. But so we go out and we start driving back roads and stuff like that. And, and trying to find tracks on this fresh snow and we find some tracks and you know, that looks like a sub, he'd been doing this his whole life. So he knows what they look like, you know, like what to look for, for, for a big mature Tom. Um, yeah. So then we end up, going down we end up finding some good tracks and we follow the tracks over across the uh, across the road and it, up under the trees there there's a full-grown four by four like probably like a four or five year old mule deer dead under there half eaten and it was still kind of warm and it was, you know i was like oh and then you see that these tracks were going like up like they would go up under this private and then up under like the like a porch and i'm like oh shoot so we go up knock on the door um the guy doesn't um, doesn't answer, so we keep we do everything we can to get a hold of the guy and um, you know use use an onyx to like figure out who owns property. And then you Google and try to find a phone number, and then yeah. so just calling around. You know, it's just like this whole it's this whole uh, thing you got to do. You know, so we we hear we end up getting a hold of like one of the neighbors, and she tells us like, yeah, there's a bunch of lions over here, um, and you know, there's been some dogs attacked before, and this and that, and um, all this stuff, and. We were like, well, sweet, you know, and she's like, yeah, if you want to use my property, go ahead. No problem. But really, we needed to stay on those tracks. Right. So we had to get a hold of this guy. Um, well, so like an hour and a half goes by of us trying to get a hold of him. And finally, we we tr we're driving back down there like maybe we'll just go down to the public and work around and try to catch him on the other side, which is going to it's going to be like a two mile hike to get up in there. And by then, who knows where this lion is, you know. So but when we were driving down there, the guy's like waving his hands at us like, hey, you know, you guys lion hunters? And we're like, yeah. He's like, you see these tracks going? And he's like all excited, you know. And we're like, yeah, we can try to get a hold of you. He's like, oh, was that you guys knocking on the door? And we're like, yeah. He's like, oh, I thought it was the lion up there walking around on my porch, you know. What? That's what he thought what? was going on. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're like, we're like, all right, cool. And he's like, so we let the dogs out. And I honestly thought that that, that lion was going to be right at the top of this, the first climb that we had to make. I thought that's where yeah. he'd be. And that's where he thought he'd be too. So, uh, you know, we go up and I start, I'm slipping and sliding the whole way up and I'm like, Oh, I'm like, this could get ugly. You know, it's so like crawled up, crawled up there and he wasn't up there. So that he just like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been around these lion hunters, but they're like a different breed of yeah. hiking. Like they could just get through that stuff. Like it's nothing, you know, and yep. he just takes off with the dogs and he's like, just follow my tracks. I'm like, all right. 
I just followed him and it went down, it went down over this mountain, the other side. And I had to like slide on my butt all the way down there <laughs> and we get down to this drainage. I work up the drainage and then he calls me again. He goes, Hey, where you see that I went up the hill, um, go up a little further and, and then come up. And I'm like, okay. So I go there and I go up and then he calls me again, he goes, come straight, straight to the, to the pin. If I would have just kept following his tracks, I would have dropped right down on him. Um, and that's what he meant for me to do. But I ended up dropping uh, sure. all the way back down to the road. And I was like, no. And I and he called me. He's like, oh, he's like, you got to come up. You got to come back up. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I climbed back up. And it was like, it took me forever to get up there because it was really slow, slow going. So I get up there and like I'm laying, I'm, I'm like laying on, I'm, I mean, I'm dead. I'm cramping up. I'm everything. Yeah. It's miserable. And I'm in shape. So it's like, you know, the average guy that doesn't like train like I do is probably going to really struggle with this, you know? And yeah. I finally, I'm laying there and I look up and he's like, he's right above you, bud. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, he is right above. He's only like 11 <laughs> feet above me. You know, he's just staring at me with his mouth open and he's showing his teeth and like doing that, you know? Yeah. And I was like, okay. And he's like, you got to climb up here. And so I climb up there. I climb up to him. It's like another 10, 15 yards. I get up there and I stand up, knock an arrow and send one right through his chest. And he, he was dead when he hit the ground. Um, so really? It was so I get down there and um, I couldn't believe I, I I I didn't have any reference for how big this line was right so I just was like oh it's right. probably just like the average line right but he kept going this is a big cat man like this is a big one he's big you know, he kept saying how big he was I was like I don't know I was like I don't know what the like what the reference is here so it's like it's like if you've never hunted deer and you shoot a 150 inch deer and everybody's like that's a big deer you know. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know. I never seen what a 130 or 120 looks like, you know, so I don't know yeah. the difference, right? So I didn't know how big he really was. I was he was just like, You gotta take a picture of him and I was like, All right, so I like picked him up the first time and I was like, Okay, he's pretty heavy. Like he feels <laughs> like he weighs like two hundred pounds and he's like I mean he might be, you know, he kept saying he might be and I'm like, I didn't know that like a huge lion I thought these things were just like that's how big they were, you know? Right. So I picked him up and he took a picture of him and then we, you know, we gutted him out and I packed him out and it was a hard pack out. I had to crawl downhill backwards, you know, yeah, uh, with him laying across my pack. Yep. And he was just, it was just miserable getting out of there. And he was laughing at me because he's like, I've never seen anybody do this, you know, cause, but I couldn't walk. <laughs> Every time I took a step, my legs would lock up on me. So I yeah. just couldn't, just I, cramped there was up. I could do. Yeah, I was completely cramped up. Um, got him in the truck and, Got it. Got a hold of. Got a hold of um, CPW, and um, got him checked in and everything, and sent the meat to get processed, and everything was good. So did everything legal. Everything was done legal, and right, and it was all good. Breakfast then, sausage like said, is made. I, yeah, a lot of breakfast sausage, um, and then I made a lot of snack sticks out of it. My daughter loves the snack sticks. They're, oh it's, yeah, that, it, they went quick. It's crazy. It's funny to watch a, a four year old just like love them. You know. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> and then it was like, you know, it was, it was just like, you know, I didn't think I did, I thought, yeah, I'd probably get some traction, but you know, it, I didn't think it blow up the way it did, you know, and it, and it did oh. blow up. And next thing you know, I'm on Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson and, you know, it I was saw pretty that. I mean, t- all right, we're going to take a pause here real quick and just thank a few more guys and companies that help make this show possible. First up is Vortex. We can't say it enough. We love their glass. We love their binoculars, spotting scopes, rangefinders, their apparel. James James is rocking a nice little hoodie here. They make awesome stuff. And if you guys are looking to make a purchase at Vortex, go over to their website and use the code 
TFC20 to save yourself 20% on the next purchase. That's a big, good discount. Use it. Head over there and get something. A bow makes a man. Does and, it? Yeah, that's what I was told. And we're, we're big fans of uh, Prime Bows. Shooting it for years. Michigan-based company. Uh, we're shooting their latest Revix series of bows. Mine's that 36 long boy. I'll generally year. take a few shots right back here and just... Yeah. Yeah, we, we're huge fans. Smooth, uh, great balance. Um, they're, they're just go check them out. There's tons of technology. One of my favorite things that they have is their grip. Hmm. Uh, space age space technology age. keeps your hand warm even when it's cold. Um, highly recommend. Go check out Prime Archery. Finally, Lathrop and Sons. Boots. Your feet kill animals. Like The more you walk, the more chances you have at, at getting that big buck, that big elk, Moose, whatever it is. Uh, Lathrop and Sons have been kind of our go-to boot of choice for a while now. Um, we've put in a lot of miles, taken them all over the place. There's no leaking. It's comfortable. Stephen and James there, like, spent – they're, like, foot like, they're scientists. Ge- they're geniuses. I got messed up feet, and they basically will – you know, you take an imprint of your foot. They'll look at it, look at your arch, how wide it is, how narrow, how long, and they literally build the boot around your foot. So you're not going to a box store – and picking up something that you hope is going to fit your boot. These things actually are tailor-made to your foot. So they're super comfortable. Mine, I could I could walk all day in them. So if, if, if you're looking to and get a have. boot. If, <laughs> I have. If you're looking for a boot that's made for you and not somebody else, go check out Lake Thurman Sons. Tucker even referred to you as a, quote, very talented hunter, which, I mean, that's a pretty high praise from anybody just to be known as a very, uh, very talented hunter. I just watched the clip prior, prior to, yeah. to jumping out here with you. That's hilarious. Well, I think I was, it, it was because that, that year, like leading into that, I had, I had our, well, the year prior leading into that, I had, uh, in the spring, I, I had done a turkey. I had done a, uh, a big, my first black bear. Saw that, um, and then and then in September, in a ten day stretch, just with my bow, I did three three different states, ten days. I did a um, my first elk, and then a mule deer up in Wyoming, and then a mule deer down in southern Colorado. And <laughs> so I guess it probably did look like I was a pretty skilled hunter. You know? That's right, but, just laying them down. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know it was a lot of luck because it, it was a lot of luck and, it, and a lot of you know, there's skill involved, you know, you have to like know what to do. And when the moment comes, obviously, but like, I was still kind of cutting my teeth on all this stuff. Um, right. But, but when it came to like, um, Western hunting, like I was really new to it. So um, yeah. I understand whitetail and I know how to hunt whitetail. Like I'm not an expert at it, but like, I think I got a pretty good read on like where you should hunt them and where yeah. you got a pretty good probability of hunting them and what time of year, this and that, you know, and I track the moon and all that stuff. Like that's just something yep. you grow up doing, uh, keeping your wind right and this and that and all that stuff. That that stuff kind of came natural because I learned it from you know my childhood. But you know, western hunting is a whole different game because you know you're, you're covering so many miles, and you have to be prepared for what is you know what might happen out there. And yeah. you know when a big you know 900 pound bull comes ripping through there bugling, like you might you might either shit yourself or. <laughs> you know, be able to stay calm. And I think, and I think that's where like being, being in big moments in football games, like that really yeah. kind of helps me settle in. Like I don't get too jacked up until afterwards. It's like right. after the fact, I'm like, Oh, you know, Holy shit. Like <laughs> I'm all jacked up and shaking <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and that's kind of how it goes. But, but still to this day, 
nothing gets me more fired up than when I'm watching a buck walk in and I'm in a tree stand. Like when I'm in a tree stand and I'm watching a buck and I'm like, what's he going to do? Because you know what these young bucks will do, right? These young bucks are going to be dumb and do stupid things because they're not getting, they're not getting shot at really. So, but these big mature bucks who have probably been shot at before when they come in, they're acting real spooky. So you're like afraid to blink, you know, you're like, your breathing is starting to get heavy and your heart's pounding and, then you finally make a shot and you just like, you know, that's, that's probably the reason why I love being in a saddle. Cause I could hang upside down in that thing and be all right. So I'm not worried about yeah. falling out of the tree. You know, cause yeah. I've been in, in climbers before and shot, shot deer and been like, I'm about to fall out of this tree. I can't stand, you know? So it, it's my, my cousin it's, did that. He shot a buck and fell out of his tree stand. Just so excited. <laughs> and so shook from it. <laughs> I mean, it happens. Yeah, lot, no. So. Yeah, no, I, I and that's interesting. I mean, like it, it's funny you say that because I mean, I was just looking back. Like you've won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, right? You've yeah. sacked Tom Brady. Uh, I mean, those are pretty like, and that just is two things of you know tons of different things you've done in the NFL. You've played at the high level in front of thousands and upon thousands of, of, of people at a high level for a long time, uh, and just to, to hear that you get that jacked up about even just a whitetail, which I, I say just a whitetail, but I totally agree, like. I get way more excited about shooting a buck than pretty much anything else uh, out West or, or whatever. It's just, I think it's cause I've done it for so long. Well, it's, there's like a, I think there's like an a, alert to it, right? It's like this, as a kid, it was always like, you'd see these, these old timers kill bigger, big bucks, you know, and you see, you know, yeah. you see all these giant bucks getting killed and you're like, man, I would love to, you know, put an arrow through one of those big giants. And what would that be like to see one of those walking in and, um, so I, I think that's part of it, you know, that there's like this, this folklore of like these giant yeah. deer that, you know, that, you know, are out there, but they're like ghosts, you know, they just, you don't, you don't see them because they're, they're smart. They don't get seven years old, five and a half, seven years old by being stupid. So, right. cause they, cause if they're a good deer, they get killed at three and a half, four and a half years old, you know, exactly. They screw up. Yeah. To a, see that old in a rut. Yeah. Yep. To see that old yeah, five year old buck is just unique yeah so i mean uh how does how does shooting an old buck or shooting an elk or whatever compare i mean compare with something like holding up that lombardi trophy like what's that like how how do they compare so 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 nothing nothing that was my you know i started playing football when i was seven years old and i was 1997 and i watched the, the green bay packers win a super bowl that year and i watched reggie white pick up the lombardi and carry it around the field and that's what sparked my dream of playing oh, funny. NFL. that sparked it for me. Right. That was like, I want to do that. And I got to do it, you know, and it's like, Holy, you know, th- there's such a small percentage of the population and on the planet that gets to like live out their true childhood, like really live it out. You know, they get close yeah. and this and that, and you know, they, they make compromises on what, you know, what's realistic and what's not. And, and it's, and it's just, it's really hard to get to a Super Bowl, let alone be, you know, a key member of a team that, that, that does it. And then to be part of one of the best defenses ever, like that was just so incredible. There's nothing really that compares to that other than maybe like the birth of my child. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty close there, but still to like live out your childhood dream. But part of that, part of my, another, another one of my dreams was to be able to come out West and and put down a bull elk. Like that was always something I dreamed of doing. And I never, I, I honestly didn't really think it would ever happen because um, it was just like, I didn't understand once I got out here, like I wasn't putting in for points cause I didn't understand it. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. You know? So 
so when I did put an arrow through through a bull and got my hands on it, like there are things that like you can't compare it. You know, like it, it's yeah. it's unlike any other feeling. Like I, you know, I didn't cry when I held up the Lombard the Lombardi. You know, I didn't cry when my child was born. I didn't, you know, but I did. I did shed tears because I was like, man, this is like, I never thought this would happen. But I did yeah. think that I would have a child, and I did think that I would win a Super Bowl. I did, you know, but I didn't. <laughs> but whenever something happens, and you know how hard it is when you're out there, even if it's a target-rich environment, it's still hard to make it happen with a bow. So, yeah. like, oh, so to, hard for it all for it to all come together, and for it to, and and I was filming, so for it to all come together and get it on film, and it, and I knew it was going to be awesome footage, and like that was just it was just like wow, it all came together, and I was like. You know, I felt so blessed and grateful in that moment that I just like I shed a, I shed a tear and I was so happy and that feeling was like so. There's nothing. There's nothing like it. You know, there's yeah. really nothing like it. Like a a bull a bull to come ripping through some an area and to be at forty yards from it and to stand there broadside and you just stick stick a perfect shot in there. Like, it, it, there's nothing like it. You know, there really is nothing like that. So I yeah, I mean, you're interacting I, I compare, with it. I compare that. I compare that to like, all right, so there was a game we played, um, we played the Patriots in an AFC championship game. And it was a really close game against the, against Tom Brady. And I had like really just hustled my ass off on this play, got a big sack and I stood over him and howled. I just stood over Tom Brady and howled. And it was like that. And you, to hear like 80,000 fans roar, you know, and, and start howling for you, you know, it's like that feel that feeling though, like, of, of putting the, putting my hands on that bull in that moment was like even greater than that, you know, you're by yourself in the mountains. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, yeah, right. You know? And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, like, it really was more impactful than, than that. Like to me, you know, in that moment, it was just so impactful because like I said, you expect to make those plays, you know, but like, right. You start like, you start to like doubt yourself out there because things just, you could do everything right in yeah. the field, right? You could do everything right out there. But if that, if I do everything 100% right and that elk does everything 100% right, I'm losing. Yeah, but if I do everything 100% right and he does everything like 90% right, I might win. You know, I might yeah. win that, that, intera- that, um, that interaction there. Like it might work out for me. So it's like everything has to, like you have to have luck. You know, yeah. and that, that elk has to make a mistake. And he did, he made a mistake that day and, and I, I capitalized on it and it was just like the, the greatest feeling, you know, it's, it, it was so fun. I, I love that. I mean, I, I get that. I, I had a hunt like that even this year. It's just, you, you're done and you're like, I can't, I can't even believe that just happened. I cannot believe it went down that way. And it's like a, the disbelief part is, is crazy. It's just like you said, it's like a wow. Um, so I actually, that just random question so you you sack tom brady you're howling over him I, I mean he's known as like a pretty good trash talker do you guys trash talk at all are you big trash talking guy on the d-line i mean yeah to some guys you know to, <laughs> i would talk i would talk to some guys but like tom brady tom brady was like he wasn't he was like i i have more respect for that guy than you could ever imagine because he was just such a great competitor and he would yeah. like like even after that play he was like that was a good play you know like um, yeah. you know, even a couple weeks in December that year, we had played him in a, in a, in a game in, in the snow, beat him in overtime. And I had taken, he, I know he was, I'm on the side, I'm on his right side. So he's looking at me the whole time, you know, and yep. he sees me take a guard and a tackle and throw them over each other. 
And then I grabbed him by his jersey and then got his legs. And he even was like, that was a good play. Like, yeah. so he, that's how he was. You know what I mean? Like he would, he would recognize like a good play, you know? And I had a lot of respect for him. Now a guy like Philip Rivers though, like he just, it didn't matter. He just ran his mouth no matter what. So like. <laughs> you gosh darn. A guy yeah, like, dropping no yeah, swears. Dang that. Dang nabbit. Stop crying, you crybaby. He called me a crybaby one time, and I, like, lost my mind on him. I grabbed him by the throat and threatened his life and told him I was going to eat his kids and all this other stuff, you know? He's got a lot of them to eat. He's got a lot of them to eat, too. I know. And it was was funny because years years later when I was in Baltimore, and now I'm, like, settled down. I'm, like, not so wild at that time. I'm married. I have kids and stuff. So, like, you know, I I feel like I'm, like, "Ah, I shouldn't have said that, you know? (laughs) But but when I I, I tried to, like – I knew it was going to be our last time playing against each other and he was going to retire and this and that. And, you know, I tried to like talk to him and he still was like looking at me like sideways, you know, he's like, dude, you're something's <laughs> wrong with you. <laughs> you threatened to eat a guy's kids one time. I mean, but that's part Just of football. Time, I would imagine. On. Yeah. Like he's, you're telling me that's the first time you're, you know, you've had that. I'm, I feel like, isn't that a Mike Tyson? Isn't that Mike Tyson said that eat your children or something like that? Like trash talk. Yeah, and, 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 and that's the thing. That was the thing before games. I would watch thing. I would watch videos of Mike Tyson because oh, really? I could relate to. I would. I could relate to him because in those moments, like right before you like step on that field, like there is like a sense of anxiety and like doubt that kind of will will kind of like, like try to creep in. And you have to. And he talks about that. You know how he was like, I was scared to death before, I, but walk into the ring. But once I stepped in the ring, it was like now you're in my world, you know? And I felt that same way, like walking down the tunnel, like before a game and like running out, like I was like, as soon as my feet touched that field though, it was like, now, now you're in my world. Like now I'm going to drag you to the depths of hell and make you suffer. (laughs) You know, it's like, I'm going to punish you for even thinking you can come out here. You know, that was like my mindset, you know, at that time. Um, So it was, and that's why it's so different from hunting because like I'm, I'm in their house. You know, yeah. you're in their house, right? So, like, I'm – I try to explain this to people that don't hunt. And I'm like, look, this is like somebody walking into your house with that you've lived in your whole life, right? You've yep. lived in this house your whole life. You, you can walk around here in the dark. Like, they, you, nobody turns their lights on to walk to the bathroom and take a pee at night, right? Right. So, this you is like – You know where to go. This is – yeah, you know exactly how to get there. Like, this is like somebody walking into your house um, at night. And you know your way around and them trying to get, you know, trying to sneak up on you. It would yeah. be no problem. It would be no problem for me to like handle that situation at my home. Right. Yeah. So that's where like the challenge is, right. You're in their house. So you, I don't know, man. I, I just think that it's like the greatest challenge, you know, especially with a bow. And I've actually started picking up rifle hunting um, this, this year. So I did, Two rifle hunts this year. One, I was with uh, the Born and Raised Boys up in Oregon, and that was awesome. Oh, yeah. We did a bear. Cool. We, we start, it started out as a, bear, as a, as a bow hunt, and then uh, Trent was like, hey, uh, Trent Fisher was like, hey, man, you ever, like, shot a rifle? And I was like, honestly, like, I've shot a rifle, but, like, I've never, like, honestly really killed anything with a rifle because I just – you can't do it in Ohio when I was growing up, so I just never really got right. into it. And, um, so we started – you know, we, we pulled out the, the old SIG uh, – six five creedmoor and started <laughs> nice. shooting it and i was like i was like oh this is kind of fun you know shooting these long distances and then uh when i i was able to to, to get a bear there and that was awesome and then i did it again in um 
in November this year, just a couple weeks ago, actually, I was up in um, Wolf Point, Montana, and whitetail okay. hunting. Yeah. And I was able to to put one through through a, a big a big mature like six and a half year old buck up there. It's really, oh, really cool. So I was like, man, this was kind of like it, it's just a whole other whole other thing. Like I'm really not in, I'm not into like shooting them really far away because I don't trust myself that you know with that kind of right. shit I don't practice enough. But like you know I've shot mule deer at 80 yards. You know I shot a mule deer at 80 yards because I practice that all the time with my right. bow. You know so I feel comfortable. But you know to to reach out and poke something at 400 500 yards with a rifle. I'm not comfortable with that, you know, like, and I think there's like, you have to be ethical if you're going to be out there. Uh, no, I totally agree. You, you don't want to wound something and, and make them suffer. Yeah. It, no, I, and I had, I, we've had similar things. I mean, Michigan grew up rifle hunting and, and bow hunting. Uh, but most of our shots, I mean, we're, it's all swamp thick, you know, hunting habitat. So like the longest shot I had taken maybe 200 yards until I started hunting out West. And that, that changes everything. And you think, yeah. have to think about rifle hunting very differently. Um, and so that's been strange for me. Um, so cy- cir- circling back to the, the, the cat hunt. Um, prior to this, I, I, I just searched Derek Wolf uh, hunting. And two interesting articles popped up. The first was a Denver Post article that was really fact-checking you, which is hilarious because they're acting like... Yeah. They're, what, what they were talking about was fact checking whether the cat you shot actually killed dogs and they were saying well we're not really sure can't really prove which has no bearing on t- as to whether or not you were allowed to do that but what i found was really hilarious was tmz cleared your name they ran an article that said you followed protocol so i mean after reading about dl hughley uh an article about him you know they posted about you and so you've been officially i think cleared by tmz so i hope that that you know makes you feel better about the hunt no, yeah. No, I felt good about the whole time. They can't bother me. <laughs> yeah. I did everything ethically and legally and it was it was a good it was a good hunt and everything was good. Everything was done legally. So like it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't, but cat cat hunting, predator hunting in general, coyotes fall into that, wolves, man, fall into that. Even bears, um, which you, you've you've done a, a bit of it looks like. Um, you know, we we did a, a bear hunt behind dogs a couple years ago. And even the hunting community uh, gave us, you know, a, a lot of crap for it, right? And, um, you know, so it's it's cool to see that you're kind of advocating for some of the cat stuff. It sounds like you're doing that in co- uh, Colorado up here with uh, coming up here in December with with Steve Ranella. Like that, you know, they talk about that as kind of the, the, the gate, like guarding the gate, gateway animals to, to limiting hunting rights starts with things like bear hunting, starts with things like yeah. cat hunting. It's a, I mean, it's a an emotional issue, which is strange, always strange to me. Uh, cause you're eating it. You're doing oftentimes with predators, you're using actually more of the animal than you would with a deer. I mean, you get the cape, you get the skull, you get to eat the meat. You know, if it's a bear, you're rendering down the fat, you're doing all the same things. Yeah. It just looks different and it eats different things. And suddenly that makes it problematic. Yeah. It's it. it here's the way I look at it. Right. I love hunting deer and elk. Right. So, yep. To me, predator hunting is like paying taxes. It's harder than hunting. <laughs> hunting a predator is harder than hunting any other animal, right? Yeah. Like you're hunting yep. an actual, like an alpha um, apex predator. Yeah. Those things are hammering deer and elk populations. Hammering them. Yeah. Like they are out there hammering these populations of deer and elk. So if you, if you think about it, right, it's like paying taxes. Like you're doing something good. 
yeah, you're not out there trying to kill like little cubs and, you know, females right. and this and that. Because you, you'd still want a healthy population of all animals, right? We love these. I love these animals just as much as the next person. I'm not some psycho out here just killing everything that walks, you know. Right. But at the at the end of the day, if if I don't if I don't put my if I don't like pay my dues, right, and and, and go out and kill a mature tom, which a mature tom is getting rid of a mature tom in an area is good for that cat population too, because. Right. Those mature toms, just like mature bears, uh, boars will do. Boars will kill their cubs to get female. They'll kill cubs because it's competition, and they want those females to go back in the heat. So that's like I'm I'm doing something good, you know. And it's yeah. if you take the if you take the emotion out of it and look at it from a scientific level and look at like the the North American um, conservation model is the gold standard. Like there's yeah. a reason why we have such a, we have so many, like we, we've brought turkeys back from like, it looked like turkeys were never going to survive, like exist again. People yeah. thought they were going to go extinct and now they're, they're everywhere. You know, it's, it's the <laughs> same are. thing with, you know, it's, it's like, if you do it the right way, you can handle, you can have a great population of everything. And um, like what you said about other hunters given, here's the thing, man, like there, this, this group, there's a whole different group of people that are trying to take all of these rights away from us. They don't want us to yep. hunt anything. They don't want any of it, right? Because they hate it. Like there's something about it that they can't stand. They hate it. They don't want to even eat meat. They want the government to control what they can eat and what they can do and, and all that. Like, it's like, what, what are you talking about? You know? Right. And so for me, if we're as a hunt, as the hunting community, like we have to put our egos aside here <clears throat> and stay together because yeah. it's, it's, it's like anything else, right? It's like, it's like, what does the wolf, what do the wolves do to take care of an elk herd? What do they do? They separate them. They keep them separated. So it's easy to pick out the ones they, they're going to kill. That's what they're doing to us. They keep us separated and arguing over stupid things like, Oh, I hunt traditional. Oh, well, you're not <laughs> traditional enough because you didn't build your own bow. It's like, yeah. who cares? I don't care if you like to hunt with a crossbow, a rifle, an air rifle. I don't, I don't give a shit. Right. We're all hunters. And we have to stay yeah. together. Like we have to put aside our, our, our differences here and are infighting and work together or else they're going to, we're going to lose. Right. We, we will lose. Like they have, they have hundreds of millions of dollars back in them and they have politicians and they have a whole, they're all, they're pretty organized over there. Right. So yeah. as hunters, we have to stay, we have to stay together on this and, and stop worrying about the, the small things or else we're going to lose it. And and yeah. and that's that, that's just my my take on it. So I feel like a little bit of responsibility there to to kind of try to bring awareness to that and keep us together, you know. No, and you you've done a good job. I mean, um, like like you said, you, you get a lot of attention after something that you were not looking to get attention for. Um, and so to to at least respond that way rather than saying screw you, kind of disappearing, and you know, which happens, you know, this regularly happens. Hunters will shoot something. Um, you get in a big pissing match uh, and you kind of paint hunting in a bad light and you're gone. Right. And so it's like exactly. for, for you to stick around and keep talking and speaking out about the importance of it. I mean, like you said, predators are hard to hunt. Like if you've ever been out, even out deer hunting and you had a coyote roll through those things almost instantly know you're there. I'm oh for, well, I'm like, I'm over two this year on coyotes while I was deer hunting. You know, one, I sent it over the back, couldn't get him to stop. And he like, he entered my sphere of hunting influence, you know, like the 50, 60 yards around me where I'm influential on the, the game around me and instantly knew wasn't downwind. He's just knew something was up. Uh, they're not easy yeah. to hunt. Um, 
and they do impact they do have a, a significant impact on, on wildlife you know um the common thing people talk about is like you know uh, mountain lions are going to just they just kill sometimes they don't even eat what they kill they'll kill it and let it go and you know i've heard people describe that as like a bloodlust but i actually just just read this the other day they're actually what they're doing is um cats for the longest time would have a kill and they'd be hounded by wolves uh, who would come and steal the kill so what they start they'd start to do is you kill and you cache a body behind for the wolves to eat and so they yep. they kill a couple right by the time they get even their own meat so that's i mean and that that 200 pound cat is laying ways to a lot of a lot of big game a lot of young animals in the spring bears will do the same thing right so you're you're impacting a whole lot of uh, population just by you know um, kind of having a conservation mind and approach to, to hunting predators. Right, exactly. You know, it's it's that simple. You're doing good. You're doing something good for the population in the whole area. So it's yeah. I don't know. You're never going to change their mind. You know, so it's like no. We nope. have to stay. We have to. We have to either decide to come together or we're going to lose because that's just the way it goes. I think, if we don't come together, I we're going to lose. Right. And you got to stick together. I think the only way to convince anybody on hunting or maybe the best way, um, arguing never gets anybody to change their mind. You never are like, you never no. debate someone at the end. They're like, Oh man, you're right. I was so wrong. I'm changing my whole outlook. It's like to get someone to, to think differently about hunting, in my opinion, and this goes with whether you're sharing your faith with somebody or your whatever, you have to have an experience with it. Uh, you have to like, you know, meet it firsthand. Otherwise, there's no way that you can really have an understanding and empathy um, and even connect with something at all. So whether you take somebody out hunting for the first time or even introducing them to game meat, um, you know, I found that to be extremely, extremely powerful, much more powerful than, you know, the times that I've sat and been like, well, here's the three reasons why hunting is important. It's your history. It's, you know, your culture, blah, blah, blah. Like they'll be tone deaf to that, but it's hard to be tone deaf with an actual firsthand experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's what I think bringing fun. So here's something fun that I'm going to start doing um, next, start next year, you know, cause I, I, a lot of people on Instagram and um, on my YouTube channel, um, the Wolf Untamed in, um, YouTube channel, they'll reach out and be like, Hey man, like come, come hunt, you know, pick an animal, come hunt with it, with us, you know, this and that, like, we would love to have you come hunt with us. And I'm like, you know, I can't, I can't do them all the time. You know, it's like hard to just go do that. So to me, I'm like, let's make it fun. Right. Do you remember pit my ride? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want to do that with, with, but it's going to be called pit my hunt. And hopefully nobody steals this idea before I do it, but you know, I'm starting to, <laughs> starting to put it in the works now, but what I want to do is I want to vet, you know, we'll vet somebody and make sure it's like a legit person. Like they're not some psycho, you know, or, or some yeah. weirdo, you know, but you know, we vet somebody and we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get all of the sponsors and everything. And we're going to put together a huge package of, you know, a new bow, new arrows, new broadheads, new, you know, maybe a new rifle, a new shotgun, new camo, new boots, new packs, new tree stands. Um, the, you know, the list goes on. We're going to bring a huge, huge package and we're just going to show up um, unannounced and be like, Hey, <laughs> we're here, man. Like, let's do it. And, and I think the best, it's going to be easier to do this with like turkeys and ducks yep. and you know upland birds and whitetail stuff like that you know where we can and we'll show yep. up and we'll and we'll film it and we'll do a hunt with you and we'll do that like once a year and see how that goes and i think i think that'll really take off and that'll really like 
Uh, I know that's not bringing like a new hunter into it, but that's like so that's a way to get people people um, watching and exactly. seeing like what it's all about, right? Because uh, to me, the, the best part about hunting is the is the camaraderie. Like that's my that's my favorite part about a deer camp or an elk camp or any of that is the camaraderie that goes along with that. And um, everybody's kind of out there for the same reason, and you're it gives you that locker room vibe that that you miss, yeah. you know, of, of just busting each other's balls, giving each other a hard time and. It's like it's in it, and it, the great part about hunting is it's so inclusive that anybody can do it. You know, anybody can yeah. do this. Like this is for everyone. It's not like for a certain person. This is for everyone. And we have so much state land and state game land that you know, you know, everybody should be able to do this. So that's yeah. what I that's what I want to do is bring awareness to that and open people's minds to it and have fun with it. No, I like that a lot. I mean, it's not the, the European land-owning elite that get to hunt only anymore. I mean, it's not the king's deer. It's our deer. We can go hunt. Exactly. Uh, and that's what they're trying to turn it into that. They are. They're making it yeah. – so it's a, it, they're trying to make it a rich man's game here. And, yep. I, and I don't like that. I don't like that idea. I like it. I want the average guy to be – the average guy to be able to go out and hunt, you know? You know, be able to go – because there's something about being able to go out and provide that meat for just your family, right? Like there's like a – there's a sense of accomplishment that comes along with that that's – we're coded for that. We are coded yeah. to do that as men, you know? So like as a man to be able to go out and harvest a, an elk or a deer or an elk or a, a turkey or some ducks or whatever, and to be able to serve that on a plate to our, our kids and our wives and our, our friends and our neighbors and all that stuff. Like there's something about that, you know? And, and that's, it's a sense of community. Um, you know, I, like even my neighbors around here, they, none of them hunt really. And, you know, right. when I, when I bring home a bunch of meat, you know, I'm like, as soon as I see them, I'm like, hey, you want some jerky? You want some meat? Like, you want some? Yeah. I'm not giving. Up, I'm not giving up my good steaks, but I'll give them some ground meat. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to keep the tenderloins and the backstraps. You know, that's that's for the family. Yeah. You know, that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's for us. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, uh, I actually got to ask that you did you cat make book? Did you get it measured and everything? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I just. I don't, no. I, I've never do that stuff. I don't. I never even have either. Me. I just feel like I have to ask always. You know, yeah, I've never just, had any of not, my animals scored. Me either. But you know why? Because I think you're nothing against it, but to me, it, it does the animal an injustice, right? Because like, I have measured a deer once that I was like, man, I think this is a big deer. Like, I'd like to measure him, and he didn't measure it close <laughs> yeah. to what I thought he was. But, but you know, like I thought, I thought it was a huge deer. You know, so. Yeah. I don't know. And you were excited just, about not, it. I'm, that's what I'm saying, man. Who cares how big it was? Who cares? Yeah. He got you fired up and you got your heart thumping. That's all that matters. And you were able Can't to harvest it. him and it was a it was a clean kill and everything. Like that's that's what it's about. You know, and you have to share it with your friends and that's what it's about. So yeah. it's not about the score, you know. And uh, you know, even even with trophy hunting, right? <laughs> I think trophy hunting is great for the like it's I call it selective hunting, you know. Um Yeah. I, I think it's selective, right? You're being selective on what you shoot, right? Like, what do you want me? Would you rather I just walk out there and shoot the first buck that walks by me? You know, it could be a little right. one, it could be a big one. Who cares? If I just shoot the first thing that walks by me, I'm not doing that population any good, right? right. We're gonna let these younger ones and these females and, and this and that walk. We're after a big mature animal, right? Nothing just goes to sleep and dies in the wild. Nothing. <laughs> In the wild, no. <laughs> you know, surrounded by its loved nothing, ones, you know, <laughs> yeah, like they don't have a big, no, they're getting, you know, and I'm not trying to be like, yeah, I'm not trying to be rude here, but they get eaten asshole first by, by a, a pack yeah. of wolves or by mountain yeah. lions. Free, they by, actually do. By coyotes. Like that's how it goes. 
Yeah. So I don't know. People need to chill out with that and, and understand that like, yeah, I'm taking a photo with this animal because I'm on it. my, in my opinion, we're honoring those animals by doing that, by mounting that animal, by, you know, doing a European mount on an animal and hanging them on your wall. Like that is you're doing that animal justice. Right. Um, you know, if you just kill something, throw it off in the side of the ditch somewhere, like that's doing an injustice, you know, it's like, no, no, I'm like, yeah. I'm proud of this. You know, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. And you sit there every time I, I I've got it in my, my main room, I've got a bunch of stuff hanging on the wall. Um, but you know, I got a moose in the wall. I look at that. I, I think about it. I think about the trip. I think about, I mean, a, a, an incredible kind of religious experience I had on the side of the mountain right before killing the bull. Like uh, uh, yeah, these things are all part of hunting and they're what makes, you know, hanging something on your wall that was dead, that was alive and is now dead. It's not, you're not disrespecting it. It's like utmost respect. It's hung where anybody that comes into my home sees it. It's part of my family uh, now. So, so to, to call it, you know, I, I feel the same way about trophy hunting. I mean, I, I get why people get kind of bothered by the term, but when you really understand what a trophy means, what that word even means to, to a hunter, it's, it's not just shooting stuff and, and maybe, and you know what, there are, I'm sure there are people that do that. Um, I'm speaking personally here, but that's not what I'm thinking of uh, when I look at it at all, ever. Right. Right. It's not like, oh, you know, I want to kill the biggest one out here, you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like no, I want to, I want like, I want, I want a big mature buck. Like that's what I'm after, right? Yeah, I'm gonna that's eat it. I'm, I'm gonna hang and, it on the it, wall. I'm gonna think about it and look at it and tell people about it. It's gonna be awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, there's a, yeah, it's and you get to share those stories and it's, I don't know, man, I, whatever. Like if you kill a little spike, even like good for you. Like you had fun. Did you have fun yep. doing it? Did you yeah. eat the meat? Did your family enjoy the meat? Great. You know? Yeah. Who cares? Like who, yeah. who cares? You know, if it, if it, it's, if it, if it got you jacked up and you had a good time doing it and great, you know, that's yeah. all, I don't, that's why I don't care about all the scores and everything. But I do think that like, you know, if, if you could harvesting a big mature animal is not easy. Like they're smart. No. You, you know, you're going into their house and you're making it happen. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, well, we're coming up on time here uh, for, for people that want to follow you, you know, you've got Wolf Untamed, you've got a bunch of hunting stuff going on, um, much cool media coming out. Where can they find you? How can they keep track of what you're up to? Um, where, where can they do that? Um, yeah, so there's a couple places. Um, you know, I do a podcast, which isn't just a, a hunting podcast. It's called the Wolf Untamed Podcast. Um, it's a lifestyle podcast. So I have a lot of really interesting people on there. Um, you can find that on Spotify and Apple and Google and all the all the. Uh, all the all the platforms it's it's everywhere um you can follow my instagram uh which is Derek wolf 95 um i put a lot of my stuff on there um you know to like kind of promote where you know my youtube channel and stuff and then uh the wolf untamed youtube channel is where i put most of my hunting content which is not just hunting content you know i'm doing a lot of cool stuff on there too which is you know i'm helping brian shaw get ready for a, a for a cage match you know he's the uh, strongest man yeah. on earth so, you know, me and him are like wrestling and grappling. So we're going to be putting some stuff, some of that on there. And then, um, yeah, just, it's just, uh, you know, putting it all on YouTube really is where I'm putting it. Yeah. In. But if you want to like, if you really want to follow along YouTube, YouTube and Instagram are the best ways to, to do that. And then if you like listening to podcasts, we, you know, check us out on, on Spotify. They're good. Yeah, no, you're, you're doing, putting out good stuff. Now keep it up. And everybody, hey, everybody, uh, thanks, thanks for listening. For listening to this uh, thanks for the we time. Really it's really good to it. If you want to go on to any kind of, of social media me, platform, man. give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really helps us out. Keeps the train rolling. 
And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either star way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it, five stars. That'd Helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.